Welcome to the fourth Sunday of Advent. The candle of love has been lighted. And now we come to the conclusion of this time of anticipation that will actually conclude this week, Christmas Day, five days away. I hope that didn't scare you. For those of you who have waited till this week to do your shopping, I'm just going to pray the blood of Jesus over you and good luck with that. But for, for all of us, our anticipation is more than just the climax of the Christmas season. Our anticipation is to remember that Christ has come and the ultimate message of his coming is indeed the love of God. First John chapter four, verse nine reminds us that by this love, God has manifested to us this, this incredible expression of love through Jesus Christ, his son. And so Christmas is indeed the, the proof, the, the declaration, the evidence of God's love for us. Uh, back in the birth narrative of Luke chapter 2, verse 19 is a very simple verse, but reminds us of a response that Mary made. She kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. So we begin here with understanding this final week of Advent. Love. God's love is proven. Physicist Jonathan Fink once appraised uh, the Christian faith in this way. What is truly amazing about the Christian faith is the idea that God made the universe from quarks to galaxies, but at the same time cared enough about us to be born as a human being, to come down, to die, and be crucified in person, in the person of Jesus, and to bring forgiveness and new life to broken people. He then concludes, Christians believe in Christmas in all of its supernatural glory because miracles, including the creation, are never hard for God. Beloved uh, author Rebecca McLaughlin observed this, to believe in the God of the Bible who created the universe and not to believe in the miracles of Christmas is rather obtuse. She writes, it would be like my daughter believing her dad could make bread from scratch, which he can, but he couldn't toast a Pop-Tart. What we've learned from Pew Research is this. An overwhelming majority of Americans do believe in the facts of the Christmas story. And so understand, because God created all things. We know he's creator, he's sustainer, he's redeemer. And so we look inside the Christmas story to see his redemption, to see his love. So we need to prepare to walk from this Advent season with the core emphasis of the Christmas story centralized in our hearts, God's love. So let's re-enter the Christmas narrative to recenter on the love of God. I'd like to read with you the entire story this morning, beginning with verse 10 of Luke chapter 2. This is the story. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born for you. He is Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign. You will find a babe wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. When the angels had left them, the shepherds said one to another, let's go now to Bethlehem and let's see these things that have happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, the shepherds spread the word abroad, all that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard this were amazed at what the shepherd had said. Look at verse 19. But Mary kept, meaning treasured, all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Have you noticed the diversity of the responses in the birth narrative of our Lord? The shepherds came with haste and made known the story. The populace wondered at all the things they had heard from the shepherds, and they were amazed. The shepherds glorified and praised God. But Mary kept and pondered all these things in her heart. Mary kept. Mary pondered. Consider this chronologically on that divine night. After the eager shepherds left, Mary was alone and quiet. No one can actually imagine what must have been on her mind, what she was thinking. What thoughts invaded her mind? And this young Jewish girl with the weight of the world seemingly on her shoulders and the intensity of the glory of God in her soul. An unimaginable moment became described by Luke who wrote, she kept and pondered all these things. Now, most certainly she remembered the initial visit of Gabriel. She remembered Joseph's conversation as well and how he voiced his own vision. And, and of course, the long journey to Bethlehem. And she also remembered the divine moment that the shepherds joined them at the manger because they had responded to the heavenly invitation. But nothing, I believe, captured her heart more than looking into her baby's face. She, she kept, she pondered. Her jubilant song that's recorded in Luke chapter one proved that Mary understood the purpose of the divine impartation by the Holy Spirit in her life. But to actually hold the Christ child, to actually hold God, how unimaginable this most certainly was for Mary. You see, every impulse beckons the human life to bow before one who is so great. But Mary simply held him. And she truly engaged the moment with not only the depth of a mother's love, but she engaged the magnitude that God's Messiah had arrived. And there he lay, innocently and perfectly in Mary's bosom. Silence, rest, quietness, hope, peace, and joy. Alive in her arms, 
These words are not simply thematic in the sense of Advent. These themes are actually the reality of the Messiah, for he came as the hope of Israel. The peace that a worn, war-torn world so desperately needed and his rescue, his salvation would bring elation, sheer joy in the highest expression. And that is exactly what was announced on that holy night. And there he was, having come as a baby. Mary held him. She kept and pondered all these events. Because history has taught us that many years passed after the birth of Christ, before the annual celebration of Christmas began, Mary's pondering and treasuring that sacred night perhaps can become the model for how we should remember the birth of Christ. Long before the pageantry and all the other festivities, perhaps this is the model. And this is where the love of God becomes the predominant theme. How we keep and how we ponder. 1 John 4, 9, as we've read, announces this is how God has shown his love to us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we would live through him. And the giving of hope, peace, and joy, God proved his love. I like to say that love is not just a theme of Advent. Love is the summary of all other themes. This perhaps was the most amazing of the truths Mary embraced as she held her Christ, her child, the Christ child. Luke 1, 78 records Mary saying, perhaps singing, this has happened because of God's merciful compassion. So the first Christmas pronounced the love of God uh, only to be powerfully and finally pronounced ultimately through the cross. And Mary knew the coming of Christ was the demonstration of God's compassion that would be fulfilled in an amazing way. In his compassion, in his love, he brought hope. In his compassion, in his love, he brought peace. And in his compassion, in his love, there is joy. What an amazing summary of Advent, of Christmas, the love of God. So indeed, God showed his love among us as he sent Christ. So let's allow this moment in the season of Advent to stir our hearts with the love of God. And may our hearts center on Jesus Christ. Uh, let us not on this week of Christmas uh, resolve to do anything but to, but to quieten our hearts in the midst of busyness. Can we keep and ponder? Can we take a moment to quieten our hearts, to be reminded of what all this means? Yes, God has sent his love. He sent his son. And if we truly can do nothing but focus on Christ for this moment, then perhaps we'll embrace afresh and anew the hope, the peace, and the joy that, that is made firm through his love. If you truly desire to, to center on the love of Christ amid all the noise and all the distractions of, of the Yuletide season, then then I encourage you to take two simple steps, two very simple steps, keep and ponder. This is the Christ-centered model for how we can celebrate Christmas. So let's look at each of those steps. First, keep. 
We're looking at this term straight from Luke chapter 2, verse 19. The birth narrative of our Lord reminded us that Mary kept. The, the Greek terminology defines here the idea of preserving something from being lost. To keep in one's mind something firm, lest it be forgotten. This becomes the emphasis. So from Elizabeth's encouragement to Mary, Joseph's own encounter, and now the incredible reminder of Jesus, Mary, I believe, contemplated what the divine order of this night would indicate for her and for all mankind. Matthew's gospel recognizes that Mary gave her son the name Salvation. You call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. So as you attempt to keep your focus on Christ, consider that his name is salvation. So what are you and I to keep? We keep our focus on the reason he came. She'll give birth to a son. You are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Matthew 1, 21. The birth narrative of Jesus, as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, signifies the reason for Christ's birth and the purpose of the babe in the manger. He will save his people from their sin. Now notice that the instruction to name Jesus was not accompanied by uh, because he will organize a religion, nor do we read because he will redefine politics. We also do not read you'll call him Jesus because he will elevate the importance of man. No, we read and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Uh, the reference to his people does not indicate merely a national political deliverance, but rather a reference to the messianic kingdom, including both Jews and Gentiles. Therefore, this verse references the whole scope of salvation from the birth of Christ to the fulfillment of God's plan for salvation when all who've trusted in Jesus will be made complete on the day that they stand with him in heaven. He will save his people from sin. This is such an incredible reality. You can live in this moment secure that your complete salvation rests in Christ alone. You can be assured that salvation depends on Jesus and not your own merit. So today, thank God for the greatest blessing ever announced, salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Of the many years my wife and I traveled to Brazil, we enjoyed participating in a program that constructed church buildings. With every building, there was transcribed right across the entrance, Jesus Cristo Salvo, in Portuguese meaning Jesus Christ, salvation, taken from Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Well, I love that statement. I love that reminder right across the door. Christmas has pronounced that same message. Written over the door of every greeting this time of year, written across every expression of this time of year, should be Jesus Christ's salvation. So to borrow from the, the verse, Luke 2.19, that we are to keep and ponder, to keep indicates that we keep our lives centered on Christ as our salvation. For in his salvation, we live secure. So let his salvation be made known through you by what you say and, and by what you do, by how you live. That is how you keep. This Advent season, do not miss the simple meaning of Christmas. Love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
John 3, 16. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he first loved us and gave his son as a substitute for our sin. 1 John 4, verse 4. So I ask you to, to quiet your heart and to take a moment to look to Jesus, your Savior and your Lord, and keep your focus on that which Mary was keeping. She kept all these facts about Jesus as Savior and Lord. Keep your focus there. Well, that's the first step in truly celebrating the love of God made known through Christ at this time of year. But a second step, uh, second to keep is this, ponder. To stay purely focused where our minds and hearts should be, we keep, but we also ponder. Scripture says in Luke 2, 19, Mary kept, Mary pondered. Now, if I were to take account of the past four to six weeks and synonymous with every passing year, there would be the usual observations of shopping, decorations, growing festivities. Pageantry and songs fill every part and portion of media and commercialism and, and, and busyness. Schedules become convoluted. Demanding tasks ensue. And with the added pressure of a pandemic, the usual stress of Christmas, it seems, is increasing. Gifts, togetherness, and meaningful expressions of good cheer seems to be continually very important goals that are actually met with greater challenges this year, perhaps even more than in many years past. So somehow, more than ever before, with all of this happening and all the challenges against making this time of year meaningful, we need to unplug. We need to quietly center our souls on Jesus. You see, the, the terminology for ponder in the Greek, uh, I think it's defined well by the old preacher, John Gill. He writes, this is ponder. It portrays that Mary compared all things in her mind. Now, the word ponder means to measure. She compared all things in her mind with what had been said to herself by the angel. And also by her husband, as well as what was said by Elizabeth at the time that she had made her visit. But, but she said nothing of them to others, lest she be thought an enthusiast or a vain boaster. And therefore, left things till time should make a discovery of them in a proper way and in the best season. So the act of pondering represents a quiet resolve on the truth. Whereas the previous step to keep these things indicates the rightness of the truth and the implications of, of the truth of our salvation in the nativity, ponder represents how this truth be, becomes uh, an impact on the quietened soul. Mary personally and internally thought, pondered, on these things. Now, this could be passed over by some as simply a maternal introspection. I like that practiced by most mothers, but not so here, as determined by the subject matter. With, with maternal instinctiveness, she actually dwelled upon the glory of her son that had been his from eternity past. And so she gives us the example of what all of our reflections should be like in our own soul. 
Although it is consistently proclaimed in our ears that Christ has come, the question is, do we have this truth totally proclaimed in our own heart, in our own soul? We need to ponder. We need to we need to think and quieten our hearts on Jesus Christ. We apply the great heart of pondering in the following ways. I'll give you three of these based on the past three themes of Advent. First, hope. Obviously, it would be impossible at the moment of the nativity for Mary to fully understand all that had been done up to this point. So she received by faith all that was transpiring with one irrefutable truth at hand, or I should say in her hands, that is her child, the son of God, the hope of Israel. So she pondered by embracing the hope that she knew was coming in Christ, even though she could not make sense of many facts, she pondered and knew that he was the hope of Israel. So how do we ponder? How do we center our hearts on Jesus? We embrace the hope. Even when you can't understand all that God is up to in your life, you cling to the hope that is in Christ. I believe that is what we see in part of how Mary pondered. And you and I should be pondering and centering our hearts quietly on Christ in that same way with, with hope. Secondly, with peace. Mary, from the very beginning, sought to understand this glorious thought of Christ coming. I believe we can see from the onset of the angel's visit that, that she was amazed and fearful but was indeed at peace as, as she obeyed God. You, you see this. You see this in many people who followed after our Lord. There was a, a, a quiet obedience because of peace. And so much like, like you and I should, should have in our own lives when, when, when we don't fully understand all this happening, we can still ponder and center on Christ and obey him and trust him because we can be at peace. He has come not only to bring hope, but to bring peace. And then third, joy is the way that we ponder. Joy is the way that we center our hearts on Jesus. Uh, to think of the death of the angel's message that was visible in her hands, Jesus, oh, the glorious joy that must have fluttered her soul. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The shepherds heard this. They went. Mary held him and the good tidings of great joy was in human form. He, he was there as a babe. And, and we know that Jesus is alive now at the right hand of the Father. And he has, he has been eternity past, present, and future, the embodiment of joy. So we ponder upon Christ by embracing the hope and the peace and the joy that he offers us. So in our moments of quietly dwelling on Jesus, in hope, trust him. In peace, obey him and enjoy, worship him. In hope, trust him. Even when you can't trace his hand. In peace, obey him. He, he has this. He's reconciled you to the Father. So obey him. You have that peace. And enjoy the overwhelming joy of, of God's presence with us through Christ. Worship him. This truly represents the posture of your heart, or at least it should. So yes, 1 John 4, 9 announces, this is how God showed his love among us. 
You see that phrase, he showed his love among us from 1 John 4, 9? Actually translates a word that can mean our case. So you can read 1 John 4, 9 in this way. This is how God has shown his love to our very case, to our circumstance. This is how love has come. This is why Mary kept and pondered. She, she kept the focus upon the fact that he came as Savior, Christ Lord, and she pondered. She centered her quietly upon what all this would mean for her and for the world. Oh, I pray that you're keeping and pondering because he has manifested his love in our case, in our circumstances, and he has sent his only son, 1 John 4, 9 tells us, to be the answer to the world and to us so that we might live through him. So God sent Jesus into our circumstance, into our case, to show us the real answer for our lives, Jesus, so that we might have real life, so that we might live through him. Today, this is why I, I passionately exhort and encourage you to, to keep and, and to ponder. Because the focus, the focus is not Mary nor the shepherds. The focus is really not even the angels. Although all of this brings amazing facts right to our hearts because this event happened. These, these episodes, these acts transpired. They're factual. They're real. This happened. But of all of this, the focus is that God said, I love you. And he gave us Jesus. I know this is extremely simple for many minds. But we cannot forget this Christmas season, nor any time in our life, that Jesus has brought to us a true manifestation of the love of God. His love is real. His love came to us, to our case, to our experience. His love came to us through Jesus, the real answer. And his love came so that we might live having real life, abundant life. The Holy Scripture calls that in the Greek zoe, the overflowing life. That begins when you place your faith in Jesus and lasts for eternity. And so today on this last Sunday of Advent, as we move to these last Five days leading up to Christmas. Oh, you'll celebrate in many different ways. Your celebrations will, will be real. They'll be exciting. But I pray that the ultimate experience we have is not that we're anticipating the arrival of something that we will receive. I pray we're anticipating celebrating what we have already received. And God sent Jesus. And if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then you know him. You know life. He stepped in. I encourage you, keep your focus on him as Christ, as Savior. Ponder him. Let your heart quietly center on him. Rarely does anyone query out a, a quiet moment these days. There are so many relational, occupational, vocational, and digital demands on our lives and on our attention. I pray that you can mine out of your busy schedule quiet moments to center your heart peacefully, reverently upon Jesus. Keep and, and ponder because God manifested his love through Jesus. How do we have hope, 
peace and joy because God loved us and gave us his son. And as Mary was overwhelmed, I pray that you have not gotten over the gospel story. I pray that God's love still overwhelms you. And I pray that you'll keep your focus on Christ the Savior. And I pray that you'll ponder, that you'll meditate, that you'll have time to quieten your heart upon the true meaning of Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, his love manifested to us. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for, uh, for manifesting your love through Jesus. Thank you that this is the Christmas story. This is the reason we have celebrated and will continue to celebrate, not just on December 25th or the weeks leading up to that day, but every day, every moment, may our celebration, may our life center on Jesus Christ, the one that fully demonstrated your love to us. Thank you that today the 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 candle of love was lighted, not just to to perform a ceremony or an act, but to remind us of the truth that illumines our hearts because Jesus is the light. And that truth is that as light, we have seen God, your love for us in Jesus. Through this Christmas celebration, may we not lose sight of Jesus. May we keep, may we ponder, may our hearts center on Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And together we said, Amen. Thank you for being a part of this incredible time of worship today. Thank you for joining us for this entire season of Advent. For those in our family ministry who've been working through the Advent devotions, I've been doing that with my family. It's been an incredible journey. I'm even doing it a long distance with one of our daughters. I can I encourage you to continue to do that these next five days. Uh, a Christmas Eve service Kenny told you about is coming up. So many exciting opportunities that are before us to worship and to keep our focus on Christ. But perhaps today you've joined, or maybe you've joined in weeks past, and, and you realize you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ. The greatest gift anyone can hear and receive is Jesus died on the cross for you. He died to forgive you of your sins and to bring you into a relationship with God. And so today, if you've never trusted Jesus, I pray that, that you, you open up your pure heart to him. You can actually pray to him, Jesus, I believe in you. I, Leave you down on the cross for my sin. I, I repent of my sin and I, and I give my life to you. You know, the Bible tells us that, that if we confess and if we believe, we'll, we'll be saved from our sin. We'll be changed, changed completely. And, you know, I pray that, that you know Jesus. If not, I pray that your heart will open to him today. There's information on the screen that will show you how to reach out to us so that we can, we can encourage you in, in, in any way, wherever you may be in your faith or wherever you may be in asking questions about what it means to know Jesus. But for this moment, thank you again for joining us. Oh, I pray that you'll have an amazing remainder of the Advent season. I, I wish you Merry Christmas, but not based on the festivities, based on the truth of Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Have a great Christmas indeed. Love you a lot. I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.